Welcome to the Chocolate Bar. I'm Bree. Our lives, our strength, our time. Thank you so much for joining us this evening. Um, I'm glad, like I said before, to be back and be recording and always be in community with strong, amazing, um, beautiful Black women that do really strong, amazing things. So tonight is really fun. This is my second time having the opportunity to do this, so I'm very excited. Um, I am going to let our guests, who are both badasses in their own rights, both on the platform and off, introduce themselves and we'll get started. So tell us who you are and what you do. So thank you, Bree, for allowing me to come on to here and you know share a little bit about myself. My name is Gabby, uh, short for Gabrielle, but you can call me Gabby. Um, I'm a powerlifter, been doing it for about um about five years now on and off in the beginning um i what i do for a living is i'm a lead ophthalmic technician so i deal with problems and issues and diseases in the back of the eye called the retina and on the side i like to play my violin so it's pretty much it that you need to know about me and i'll pass it back over yes Who's our next guest? <laughs> Hi, uh, I'm Ellen. I'm also a powerlifter. Gabby is my sister. I've been powerlifting for probably six years, I think. Uh, when I graduated from college, I started then. I am, outside of powerlifting, I am a test engineer for a government contract company. And uh, other than that, I just try to, you know, do things that make me happy. Uh, I really like airplanes a lot, so I'm into that. And that's pretty much it. Thank you both for being here. So let me let me just clarify and get this straight before we move on, because you both mentioned it so very casually. So as I understand it, Gabby, you you know, work with, with the eye and in and, and the medical field. And you also casually mentioned that you like to play violin, but you were actually a violin aficionado. So let's let's keep it 100. And Ellen, um, you casually mentioned what you do for a living. So are you like a literal rocket scientist? Yes, well, <laughs> I'd say <laughs> I'm in, <laughs> I graduated from college with an aerospace engineering degree. So they always relate that to rocket science. Right. But I love that you all are humble, but I also believe that we need to be proud of being amazing. And you both are absolutely amazing. And I'm proud of you. So that's why I had to put that out there for y'all, even if you didn't want me to. OK, so let's get started. Um, one of the things that I um, like to start off with asking guests is, you know, tell us a little bit about what your relationship with sports or fitness or, you know, whatever was when you were a kid. Um, would you characterize yourself or how would you have characterized yourself as a young um, person uh, in, in the context of sports? And whoever wants to start can start. So um, I think I began sports in middle school mm -hmm. uh, and I started off with track and field. And I really liked it, so um, I think I started in high school, but I never really got into it. So I moved on to tennis, and our parents, you know, put us into tennis classes. We would go during the summer time to 
have to play tennis with other kids and so I've always really liked tennis um, and I did it through high school and my first year of college or first semester of college I had to stop because it clashed with my lab classes mm -hmm. but I've always liked being athletic um, <clears throat> I didn't like cross-country I hate doing like really long prolonged workouts uh, like nonstop. <laughs> just like why well, I like powerlifting it's great mm -hmm. you um but yeah ever since then I've always been athletic then when I graduated from college didn't really have much to do and I wasn't very athletic at all and one day I just had like this epiphany and I was like I really need to work out so I started running which is something I hate doing and I mm -hmm. hated every minute minute of it then I learned that my sister Ellen is powerlifting and I was like oh what's that I've never heard of it um, and one day she showed me like how to squat at the gym mm -hmm. and I just watched her deadlift um, but we didn't get into bench but ever since then like I've always loved um, powerlifting that's awesome. And that was Gabby, by the way. So Ellen, what's your what's your origin story? <laughs> uh, like Gabby said, we played tennis at a young age growing up. So that was always my start to sports. Then in middle school, I uh, ran cross country and track. Uh, and I think I played basketball in elementary school, but I don't think I was too good. So uh, in uh, college, or not college, in high school, I continued doing tennis and cross country and track. Uh, and then when I got to college, I tried out for my school's uh, track and field team. Well, it wasn't trying out because they uh, already recruited everyone, but I was a walk-on um, mm -hmm. as a thrower. And for throwing, we had to squat, uh, bench, deadlift, do a lot of the Olympic lifts and mm -hmm. do all of those workouts. So uh, that kind of gave me a good foundation to transfer over to powerlifting when I uh, graduated from school. And I saw that a few guys were doing uh, powerlifting in the school gym mm -hmm. in college whenever I went there to work out. So um, that's how I found out from that's how I found out about powerlifting. And when I graduated, it was a pretty easy transfer for me uh, mm -hmm. doing something in addition to, you know, just working mm -hmm. to allow me to stay active. I love it. Um, so I guess kind of adjacent to that question, um, I know oftentimes a lot of women come to strength sports because they're, you know, maybe looking to kind of change their relationship with their body or maybe change some things about their bodies. And I also know that, you know, growing up um, is often a tough time for, for women and girls, especially black girls, because usually we're not the norm. We're sort of outside of what the norm is purported to be. And so my question for you both is what was your, what were your relationships like with your physical self and your body growing up? Um, I've always never really liked my upper body because it was, seemed like it was a disproportion. It was larger on top and then I was smaller in the bottom. Mm -hmm. So I've always thought that, you know, if I work out, then eventually like I would 
don't know, even out, but it never happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Genetics, um, <laughs> Right, yeah. So um, as I got older, um, you, you know, I decided to accept the type of body that I have and mm-hmm. work with, you know, what I have. So I've always had felt like my legs were my best feature. And um, it turns out now as a powerlifter, it's a great feature because it's great mm-hmm. on the squat. Um, but it took me a very long time to be comfortable in the body that I am in. Mm-hmm. And growing up, I wish, you know, I was more accepting of who I was. Because, um, you know, once you accept who you are, then you start to love yourself more. Right. And it just shows like it in your overall self-confidence. So. Okay. Thank you. Ellen. I uh, was a little fluffy growing up, mm-hmm. as my sister could probably attest to. And uh, <laughs> when I started uh, doing track and cross country in uh, middle school, that kind of all went away. So uh, I, like growing up, I didn't really see my appearance as something that was like hindering me like yeah maybe I wanted new clothes and to try out like new styles and stuff but Mm -hmm. uh I was always more focused on like I don't know I didn't I didn't think any I mean of course everyone has like negative thoughts about their bodies but it wasn't something that was like very prominent for me and Mm -hmm. I guess I'm very thankful for that uh but I found out that Uh, As I started, you know, at least like with powerlifting, I've gotten more uh, confident in myself. So not only like appearance wise, because I guess that came along with it, but, you know, approaching people, like talking to people, Mm -hmm. uh, (laughs) I was always a little socially awkward. Mm -hmm. So it's helped at least uh, be view people as more approachable and easily interact with people versus what I or how I was growing up Mm -hmm. when I was younger. Okay. And how do you think powerlifting has um, impacted your relationship with, with your body, with your physical self? It's definitely, Oh, sorry, Gabby. It's all. Go ahead. But (laughs) I think it's definitely improved it uh, for sure. Uh, It, like all of the weight cutting that, you know, you have or that you do to stay in your weight class, uh, that's taught me uh, how I should be eating. Um, It's taught me discipline when I, when a meet is coming up and Mm -hmm. suddenly I have to lose like five pounds in like a couple (laughs) months. Uh, It's definitely shown me the discipline. Uh, I do have to say that I tend to um, stress eat. So mm, that's mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. that that's still something that I deal with from time to time. But it's once I found find that I do that, I, I never feel guilty after I eat it um, or <laughs> after I stress eat. But I know that I'm consuming large portions of food and mm-hmm. I will easily surpass my, you know, my weight class uh, threshold. Right. So I know that 
I should refrain from it, at least from that point of view. So I found that once I do that, then it's easier to, once I step out of that range, it's easier to bounce back and, you know, take control of my eating habits, Mm -hmm. uh, which is always like, you know, the hardest thing for me to do to control. So powerlifting has taught me, you know, moderation, uh, discipline, and yeah, that that's all I have to say to that. I love it. How about you, Gabby? How has powerlifting impacted you in the way you see yourself? Um, well, in the beginning, it was when I first started, it was very it was a hard struggle for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because, you know, you have to force yourself to go to the gym. And when I first started, like the only time that I could go to the gym was at like five AM in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of helped in the beginning cause I would take Ellen, um, to the train station and drop her off and she had to be there at like four thirty. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of forced <laughs> to drop her off and then go to the gym. Ah, um, okay. So thank you, Ellen, for that. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Teamwork but, makes the dream work. <laughs> right. So, um, yeah, so I, I was forced to go just because I dropped my sister off. And as I did that, you know, almost every single day, I began to, you know, enjoy the process. Like Mm -hmm. once you start seeing little changes here and there, um, you're like, hmm, I kind of like this, kind of like this. So I kept at it. Um, Then then once, you know, it's stopped being a mental thing and it's now just like a routine. Like Mm -hmm. if I miss the gym on one day, it's like, oh my gosh, I you know, what's, what's going on. Um, so in the end, it's more of, I think that, you know, as Ellen said earlier before discipline, it not even just in the gym, but powerlifting Mm -hmm. has made me more disciplined outside of the gym as well. Right. Right. It's how you do one thing is how you do everything. So I can definitely see that. Correct. So, um, for discipline is like the number one. And then, also, my self-confidence went up. So mm-hmm. um, before, like in the beginning, um, I was just like, oh, I don't feel confident in trying this new exercise because I would think that everybody was looking at me. Mm-hmm. Or um, that's why it took me a long time for me to start bench because, right. um, well, I've never benched in my life. And in the beginning, I didn't have a coach. And so mm-hmm. I was trying this on my own. And I would go early in the morning to the gym. I'm like, okay, good. and nobody is here. So I'm good. Nobody's <laughs> looking at me. Nobody's watching me. <laughs> right. So if I fail, you know, nobody would see me fail. Um, right. But, you know, as now, today, if my coach programs something new for me, I'm excited about it. Before, I would be, you know, kind of scared to do mm-hmm. something new. But I li- actually like trying out new exercises that uh, my coach gives me. So self-confidence has went up, um, it's increased my discipline in other areas of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I really That's like awesome. it. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love hearing those kinds of happy endings. Um, so speaking of, 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 you know, obviously you guys already mentioned that your sisters, and I know you have at least one other sibling. I'm not sure if there are others, but um, I'd love to hear a little bit about your background, where you're from, and you know how your family feels about you know your your powerlifting escapades. Both of you. <laughs> 
Uh, yes, we do have another sister. Um, we try. Well, I've been trying to get her into powerlifting, but she doesn't want to come over to the bright side. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, growing up together, Ellen, you can even jump in if you want to. Um, like our parents were very into like us being athletic and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Where are y'all from? So my our parents are from Guyana, but we were born oh, okay. in DC. So oh, okay. born and okay. raised. Local girls. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, but even though they're um, you know, very pro athletic, mm-hmm. uh, for whatever reason, <clears throat> my mom specifically, or our mom specifically, she doesn't really con she doesn't think that powerlifting should be for us hmm so what do you what do you think that's about if you don't mind sharing (laughs) um i think she that she has this mentality that uh females shouldn't be lifting heavy weights Mm -hmm. okay yeah i hear Um, that a lot yeah so um i've tried to well i i've tried to convince her that you know we're not gonna get big and look muscular (laughs) unless we're on like steroids right and that's your intention if that's <laughs> right. your intention but yeah you don't correct. accidentally get huge like that correct so um and then my dad he's just like oh that's pretty cool like mm-hmm. he'll congratulate us um on like i'll come home and be like hey dad i did a new pr today and he's like oh good <laughs> um <laughs> but yeah um have they ever been to any of your meets pardon say that again have they ever come to any of your meets? Oh, parents? no. No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, perhaps that will change in 2021. It's, it's a new year. <laughs> Hopefully. Um, so, yeah, tell me a little bit about, um, you know, one of the reasons I started this podcast and, you know, started sort of this whole thing was, you know, much like a lot of other people, I really didn't see a lot of black women doing these things, you know, whether it was powerlifting or Olympic weightlifting or crossfitting or, you know, strongman. And so I was like, okay, well, there must be other people that are interested in this like us, like me. Um, Have you, have you had a sense of that in terms of being involved in the sport? Like, have you, you know, felt like um, there wasn't enough inclusion or you'd like to see more, um, you know, black women on the platform? Like, what does that look like for you? And Gabby, you can start since I been throwing it to Ellen. Uh, yeah, sure. So I know my very first meet, I was the only black female. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of didn't really pay attention to it that much. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the gym I went to and practiced that but definitely had no other black females. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I switched to another gym, and I saw like one other girl I was like, oh my gosh, it's what a D. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> um, and so I got pretty excited about that. And as far as the last two meets that I've done, um, I think there have been a couple um, black females at, that have lifted, but there definitely has been, like, I haven't seen as much as a ratio as mm-hmm. black female lifters compared to. Uh, let's say like Caucasian lifters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did you have anything to add, Ellen? Uh, yes. Yeah. So typically, um, 
people always join spaces when they see other people that look like them. So that's why I think it's very important that there are, there is inclusion and Mm -hmm. people can see black women lifters as, you know, successful and strong and among the, like among the top. So I am typically used to being the only black woman in spaces where, you know, lifting spaces as along with like my career since Mm -hmm. I'm in a super like techie field. So it's, you never really notice it until you see someone that looks like you. Right. Um, And And then like, there are three of us. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like, oh, a woman's there. Oh, a black person. But mm-hmm. yeah, you uh you then begin to realize that there isn't a lot of like, you know, diversity um when that happens. So uh I've noticed that um when I go to like national meets, that's when I see, you know, a lot of, you know, uh, black women or I get to, um, you know, mm-hmm. connect with them um, after, you know, talking to them over Instagram. So I think that at nationals or national meets, there's a lot of support there and there's right. a lot of representation there. And I have to tell you, at you know, having had, what was that, 2019 be my first national meet, I was completely blown away and overwhelmed by all of the beautiful black lifters that I saw. Like I literally, like I could have just sat there and, and, and just, you know, enjoyed that. I didn't even have to get on the platform. That was just extra gravy, but that was just, I mean, I just absolutely got chills, you know, meeting you and and some other, you know, amazing lifters. So, you know, I I definitely can attest to that. That definitely gave me that push to say, okay, girl, you can keep doing this because this is, this is dope. Um, So, you know, one of the things that I think, you know, for all of the (laughs) terrible things with social media. Um, I think one of the great things is, you know, that it can help to raise the visibility, our visibility in in certain endeavors that we, where we may be underrepresented. Um, And so I'm curious, you know, if you had advice for, you know, let's say someone who's listening to this podcast or, you know, may happen to come up, you know, stumble upon the, um, the, Instagram page for this podcast, and they're interested in starting or trying to power lift. But again, they're either in an area where there's just not a lot of resources, or they don't see people that look like them. What advice would you give a, a, a young, you know, a black woman? Um, well, first and foremost, I think that, you know, even if you don't see other females out there, or black women that look like you, mm-hmm. still, go out and try and be, you know, the best that you could be. Mm-hmm. Um, when you start off in powerlifting, um, like I tell everyone, you have to start from somewhere. You're not going to start out squatting 135 pounds right. or um, benching. Like, I couldn't even start start with the bar. So right. you have, we all have to start from somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a matter of taking, you know, that first step that, courage to do something outside of your comfort zone so there are a lot of including yourself there are a lot of um black female lifters on instagram um, Mm -hmm. that you know even when i started i you know reached out to them hey look i have my first meet any you know 
ideas or tips that you want to give to me. And they're like more than happy to share that information. Right. Um, and likewise, you know, if somebody comes to me and they're like, hey, you know, it's going to be my first competition. What should I do? Or mm-hmm. could you take a look at this lift for me? Um, what you will find is that the powerlifting, powerlifting community is very um, helpful and very accepting in my, mm-hmm. in my experience um, mm-hmm. as far as black female powerlifters. Um, so you just have to start from somewhere and, you know, be confident. Yes, you're going to fail. Mm-hmm. But, you know, what matters in the end is just picking yourself up and doing it all over again. I love that. How about you, Ellen? I agree with Gabby. I'd say that uh, one piece of advice is uh, if you're sort of looking for any guidance, it really helps having a coach uh, just so they can give you, you know, pointers and stuff uh, and give you encouragement. If it's not really an option for you, Uh, then I would, you know, post lists to uh, social media, Mm -hmm. ask for feedback, uh, communicate with other, you know, newbie lifters, or even ask uh, a lot of the uh, more experienced lifters for help, um, advice. I know that a lot of us, as Gabby said, we're very, like, helpful, and Mm -hmm. we like to give feedback uh, when asked. So I definitely recommend doing the both of that. Okay. I love that. That's great. And that's what it's about. It's about community. Um, Do you both, are you all, are you both coached by the same person or do you have different coaches? Uh, We have different coaches. Okay. Okay. Just curious. Um, So I would like to hear a little bit about, you know, sort of what a typical training I don't know, typical training week looks like for both of you. I mean, you don't obviously have to go through every hour in detail, but just generally speaking, what is your training looking like at this point? You can go Uh, ahead, Alan. (laughs) Okay. So I am currently on a four-day split. It's my off-season since I have an immediate meet coming up, minus the one that I'm doing next weekend uh, as a just for fun. Oh, (laughs) awesome. So I'm not... That I'm not peaking for, so mm-hmm. <laughs> I uh, do a four-day split. Um, it's more of a like legs one day, then arms the next day, then legs again, then arms the fourth day, mm-hmm. and I do a lot of accessories. So um, I'm always working on my back. Uh, to strengthen that, strengthen that whether it's my lower or my upper back. Mm-hmm. And uh, another thing is, I do some cardio at the end. <laughs> and by cardio, <laughs> I mean uh, oh. put the treadmill on like 3.5 miles mm-hmm. per hour and walk for about 20 minutes mm-hmm. after my session. And uh, that's pretty much what I do for training. I also do yoga. Um, a couple days a week just to, you know, keep flexible mm-hmm. and keep healthy. What's your favorite lift out of the big three and what's your favorite accessory movement? So I, um, 
I really like squatting. Uh, I also really like deadlifting. I was going to say, so. I mean, either one, you're, I mean, all three are pretty much bomb, but I'm right. which one you like the most. Thank you. Uh, favorite accessory? I don't, so I do my accessories. I don't really enjoy them. Ah. <laughs> but I still do them. I still push myself. Right. If I had to choose a favorite accessory, I would say pull-ups just because it's uh, one thing that I've improved on a lot mm-hmm. over the past several years. Uh, chin-ups kind of, well, chin-ups did not come naturally for me. Mm-hmm. So, but I worked um, for a couple years and I was able to, you know, do those pretty easily, but pull-ups, uh, those were the ones that were a little bit more difficult for me. And now, uh, I can, uh, bang out of like several reps. So I'm really happy about that. Child bless you. Cause Ooh, child. child, mm, Anyway, let me stop. Uh, (laughs) and it's funny cause I find, you know, most power lifters, they either, they either love accessory movements or they hate them. So it's, it's really interesting to see where everybody falls in that camp. Yeah. Um, I don't hate them. I just don't love them. Yeah. 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 I, I, I enjoy them. I think just because that's kind of like, you know, that my, my sort of start was in bodybuilding. So I, I like kind of that little accessory part to make me feel like I'm still in that space, although I'm completely not. Anyway, <laughs> um, how, how about you, Gabby? What, um, What's your training week look like and uh, what's your favorite lift and favorite accessory movement? Um, So I'm also on a four day um, workout schedule. So I'll do like squats with accessories on the first day, Mm -hmm. then bench day two, then uh, deadlift. And on day four, I'm doing like accessory upper body work. Mm -hmm. Um, My favorite lift i would say squats mm-hmm. um and my favorite accessory uh, or the one you hate the least oh the one i hate the least okay you're that like that's way. easier right <laughs> um i would say romanian deadlifts oh okay so okay. Awesome. I, yeah those those are my least like the ones that i hate the least okay um, and so are you, I know, um, Ellen mentioned she's in off season. What are, what are you, where are you right now with that? Are you actively um, prepping or are you in off season or? I'm in off season, but we'll be back on season as of the next month. Cause I have a meet coming up in May. Oh, awesome. Awesome. That's fantastic. Um, cool. So I don't often like I don't talk about diets because I even hate that word diet. But I think, um, you know, what you guys mentioned earlier about, you know, learning how to power lift certainly teaches you how to fuel your body appropriately for what you're doing. Um, And so I'm curious uh, from both of you, do you have a certain sort of style of eating that you ascribe to or or how do you handle your your nutrition? Gabby, do you want to go? Okay, sure. So, well, I try to do, well, I don't like, also like, don't don't like the word diet as well. Um, But I try to at least hit, you know, my protein every day, like 150 a day Mm -hmm. um, and keep carbs under 190. Mm -hmm. Then my coach has me doing 65 for fats and 
1905 calories. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think she programmed that in for me because over the holidays, I went crazy on eating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I gained, like, probably almost 10 pounds. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's, so far, it's been working out really well. On mm-hmm. off-season, t- typically, I don't really... Monitor. Well, I do monitor, but not on a level where like I'm weighing how much mm-hmm. um, I'm intaking. Um, but when it meat season starts, you know that's where I'm more vigilant. Okay, my right. friends want to go to brunch. Okay, I could go to brunch, but I can't really eat what they're eating. Right. Right. Do you yeah. typically stay try to stay within like a certain range with respect to your? Um, your weight division or do you sort of just do what you do and then cut or how do you typically handle that? Um, typically I hover around my weight class in general. It was just mm-hmm. like this one. I don't know what I ate. I mean, I know mm-hmm. what I ate. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, but... we are living through a panorama. It is absolutely fine. <laughs> right. But when I got on the scale, I was like, Oh my goodness, this is not okay. So mm-hmm. Now I'm trying to get back to where I'm usually at. Um, okay. But I don't usually cut for my mm-hmm. Okay. Sounds good. How about you, Ellen? I have a... I pick my own macros, but I always, you know, do body weight uh, protein. And then I adjust my carbs and fats uh, if I'm maintaining or I'm cutting. I've always mm-hmm. found it's a lot easier to... Uh, eat in a caloric surplus, <laughs> so I don't usually. How about that? <laughs> I don't usually track after a meet for like a month or so, mm-hmm. uh, and that's when I do the most damage. <laughs> but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, like for COVID or over COVID, I sort of flew up to probably like almost eighty kilos, probably mm-hmm. like seventy nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I had a meet in. <laughs> a few or not a few months probably like six months so I had to cut down to 72 um, mm-hmm. that wasn't too bad but <laughs> you always want to start at a good spot instead of right so I usually try to stay between like three or five pounds over my weight class mm-hmm. uh, if I know that I have a meat coming up um, probably in like half a year, then I try cutting early. So mm-hmm. then like, you know, the past or the last few months, I could just eat to maintain and, you know, fuel instead of cutting back my calories mm-hmm. a month out and having having to do my heaviest lifts in a right. caloric deficit. That's yeah. pretty hard and yeah. uh, hanger is not fun <laughs> when you're peaking. Not fun. Right. Right. So I, uh, I yeah, that's um, what I do, but I try to <laughs> stay within a certain range. Sometimes mm-hmm. I can't help it. Uh, yeah. Cause life. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes right. I go under, though that right. doesn't happen right. too often anymore. <laughs> right. Right. I hear you. I hear you. So speaking of meats, um, what advice, give me your top piece of advice you would give to someone who is getting ready to do their first powerlifting meet. So since you just finished Elena, you can go ahead and start and then Gabby. I would say 
don't worry about cutting. Just worry about uh, having fun on the platform. If you add in cutting uh, weight, that always adds an extra variable over something mm-hmm. that could go bad or good, but you don't right. want to toss that in there. I've seen it go horribly awry at Nationals. <laughs> yeah. So that was like, okay, don't do that if you don't have to. <laughs> exactly. Uh, just compete in the weight class that you have, not the weight class, but like, you know, at the weight that you train at. Right. Uh, and I would say read the rule book or, mm-hmm. you know, if you can get a coach or ask someone for advice, like what are the most important things to learn in order to be successful at a powerlifting meet? And that tends to be the commands. So if you can mm-hmm. master the commands and practice those four weeks out of a meet, have someone t- uh, tell you start, press, rack. Mm-hmm or whatever the commands are, um, that's very helpful. And that will uh, set you up for success. Yeah. You got to practice how you play. Um, How about you, Gabby? Yeah. So I agree with, you know, what Ellen said. Uh, Definitely you want to practice your commands because sometimes you'll be on the platform and then you'll just completely go into gym mode and you're just Mm -hmm. like, yeah, so you've got to practice the commands. Um, yeah, don't, I would suggest to not, you know, do a cut. Um, just because, you know, you want to compete, be comfortable and feel at your best. Um, and so I think that cutting, like Ellen said, would, you know, add something more that you have to deal with mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that could be avoided. Then I would probably suggest getting like a handler. It's somebody mm-hmm. who Ooh, actually yes, has child. been to a powerlifting competition. Um, I know for my first meet, I didn't have a handler. Um, and then, um, like after my lift, I would have to run over to the desk and be like, here's my next. Oh. Right. <laughs> so instead of like, you know, focusing on just lifting, Mm-hmm. I was doing like both. So getting a handler and definitely, you know, if you're going to do a meet, if you can um, try and get a coach as well, because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um, they'll be able to help, you know, with form and, you know, letting you know if your depth is correct on squats or whatever, you know, your pauses on bench, if they're too short or whatever, um, mm-hmm. they'll be able to give you feedback on that. And like Ellen said, you know, you can always ask people online like myself and I'm sure Ellen we're more than happy to you know respond to you and say oh okay well you kind of missed death by like this much Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um but yeah and there's a lot of other people on Instagram that you know powerlifters on Instagram that would you know be helpful right um, and answer all your questions as well awesome thank you so Tell me one thing you wish that you had known when you started powerlifting and one thing that has surprised you about this powerlifting journey. Gabby. Um, one thing I wish. Mm. I wish that someone had told me that you do not, <laughs> you should, you should uh, learn how to brace before you use your belt. Ooh, yes. <laughs> so, 
Um, I, you know, I, in the beginning, I thought I didn't have a coach in the beginning, mm-hmm. um, but I, you know, I got this belt and I was like, Ooh, I can lift more now that right. I have a belt on. Um, but then when I got a coach and, uh, he sent me to another coach who's in the area mm-hmm. who, and he was just telling me how horrible I breathe, how horrible <laughs> my bracing was, right? <laughs> which is what I needed. Mm-hmm. But, oh my goodness, once I, like once it clicked, yeah. Like, I realized how much of a difference that, you know, bracing can help. Right. And with the bracing, I practiced without the belt. And, Mm -hmm. you know, once I threw the belt on, I was like, oh, wow, that flew. (laughs) Right, right. Um, And then what was your other um, question? What has surprised you about this powerlifting journey? Um, I wouldn't say that anything has surprised me um because I feel like I'm still on the journey Mm -hmm. (laughs) um I will say that the people within the powerlifting community have been very like helpful Mm -hmm. and kind um that part I would say if you if I had to choose would say Mm -hmm. that was the most surprising part for me um, because I didn't know there were so many other people out there that, you know, would be so happy for my success. Right. <laughs> like, um, you would post a video or something online and in your brain, you're like, oh, that last rep was just horrible. Mm-hmm. But, you know, everybody else is like, well, you know, you did your best. And yeah, I wasn't expecting the community to be that uplifting. Mm hmm. So a pleasant surprise. Yeah. <laughs> How about you, Ellen? What do you wish you had known at the beginning? And, and what is what, if anything, has surprised you during your powerlifting journey? I would say for me, I wish my squat stance. I wish I knew the most efficient stance for me because mm-hmm. whenever I always go narrow, I... It just never works out for me. I'm never as strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then when I widen my stance up, it everything just flows well. Well, it doesn't mm-hmm. flow well, but I just, right. I'm a lot stronger and powerful. And I get to incorporate my back more, which mm-hmm. is the number one driver of both my squats and my deadlifts. Right. Uh, I wish I, you know, knew that off the bat. And I wish I started low bar earlier. Since I went high bar for probably a year before I got into religiously squatting low bar. Mm -hmm. Since that, my squat skyrocketed since I made that change. Mm -hmm. One thing that surprised me is my calves are still small. (laughs) (laughs) I'm joking. Um, I uh, I don't think there's anything that's surprising. I well, as sort of outward, but inwardly, I never saw myself uh, squatting or deadlifting above a 400. So I it, it was very surprising when that happened. Uh, mm-hmm. Like I just kept adding and adding weight on and I could do it. So 
that's, I thought I was going to cap out at like 350 squat. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I'm really happy about my progress there. Surprised yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Now, do you all ever train together? Like, do you ever, are you ever in, I'm not sure if you're both in the um, DMV, but do you guys train together? Um, we've only trained together probably like, oh, I could count on my finger, like how my hand, how many times we've trained together. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, we have not done it as often as I would like, but that's because mm-hmm. of distance and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm sure Ellen, like, I, I don't know, Ellen, do we have the same squat rack height? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, your squat rack rack height is probably my bench height. <laughs> oh, <laughs> shots fired! <laughs> but now no. let me let me guess. Ellen is the older sister. No. <laughs> what? Are you serious? Yeah, I'm the oldest. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Uh, wow. Ellen, you just have that older sister energy. I don't know Thank why. Thank you. That is hilarious. I'm, I'm very mature. At least from okay. what I... Look, okay, let me pull that back. I'm just an outsider looking in. It's just my own <laughs> observation. <laughs> that is hilarious. Wow. Okay. So, Gabby, I should have been asking you to answer all the questions first. <laughs> no, fine. You can keep having, having Ellen answer them first. <laughs> That is hilarious. Um, So what I'd love to do now, well, actually, before I get to that, um, I'd love to hear, you know, this last year has been all of the things and none of the things, of course. Um, And I'm, I'm, you know, curious about how, you know, COVID and all the other things that have happened in the last year have impacted your training and and really just you in general. So Gabby. Of course, fine. (laughs) Um, So last year in the beginning, I had just, you know, kind of started to get back into powerlifting after Mm -hmm. my injury. And Mm. so I was like, you know, super excited. And then, you know, as everything shut down. (laughs) Right. Um, So I did some things at home. Mm -hmm. And then Ellen was so kind of her, it was so kind of her to give me like an easy bar and a couple plates. So oh, nice deadlifting um, uh, with an easy bar. It was very mm. interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then I tried to work on you know upper body like OHP, mm-hmm. um, but there's only so much you can do. Right. Um, and then once the gym opened back up again. I realized like how weak I was. Mm-hmm, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So I just built back up from there. But yeah, COVID um, really, you know, affected, I think, well, everyone. Um, right. So it, for people who don't have a home gym, they were trying to figure out, you know, home workouts. And right. then, you know, I was trying to order stuff online, but everything was sold out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I, looking back on it, I would say that the thing that I did the most was push-ups, mm-hmm. and I'm thankful I did that because now my I think my bench is stronger because of it. I think oh, when I got awesome. back, my bench 
out of all the three lifts, my bench went up the highest compared to, you know, squat and deadlift. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a pro. That's Yeah, that's dope. I love that. How about you, Ellen? I was pretty lucky since I, well, I got a, um, I'm down here in Maryland, well, Southern mm-hmm. Maryland, so an hour and a oh. half oh my south goodness. of D.C. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maryland exists. So uh, <laughs> I, I had just moved here when everything started closing down, but mm-hmm. I knew that I was moving here a month in advance or a month and a half in advance, so... When I went to the Arnold to compete last year, I mm-hmm. already bought some uh, powerlifting plates. So I was pretty oh. lucky that I was able to, you know, pack that stuff up and move it down here from mm-hmm. St. Louis. Uh, just mid-March when everything was closing down. And then I saw within a week how everything else was, you know, selling out. So I was able to put in orders uh, and get, you know, a squat mm-hmm. rack. Um, I did a lot of Facebook marketplace shopping. Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah. <laughs> I bought this beat up lap pull down low row machine <laughs> for $30. That was broken. Oh, wow. And I fixed it up for probably like $8. Mm-hmm. So that was probably my best COVID uh, story. Uh, and so I was pretty lucky for, uh, with that. I, Gabby definitely did come down here to uh, get some workouts in, although mm-hmm. I'm sure the drive for her was pretty brutal. Oh, yeah, I can't imagine. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing to see along the way. Right. Yep, maybe some horses on the carriage. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> but I would say, at least for COVID, it's allowed me to you know, stay more focused on my workouts since there was really nothing going on. Mm-hmm. I was actually working out seven days a week at first for several months because I didn't have anything else to do other <laughs> right. than work. So I was trying to stay active. So it's been, I know it's been hard for uh, a lot of other people, but um, for me, I didn't, it didn't negatively impact me Uh except the weight gain. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm very thankful for that. Awesome. So what I would love to do now is, this, I call this my random question <laughs> section. Um, and it's really just, you know, some literally random questions to get to know you all better. There's no tough questions. You don't have to study for it. But I do want to uh, switch it up a little bit tonight. So normally I'll ask you a question and you just answer. But what I would love to do is I'm going to ask the question. I want you to answer for your sister. Y'all get that? Uh-oh. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's start with the first. Ellen, what is on Gabby's training playlist? <laughs> A lot of mainstream music. Mm-hmm. Uh, some slow sounding songs, some pop, mm-hmm. probably. Yeah, I'd say that's it. She also likes uh, K-pop, so. Oh, okay. Okay. What about, what about you, Gabby? What's Ellen listening to? Um, not to mainstream because I know she hates that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, she's into like I forget what it's called. Ellen, well, she can't tell me because I'm answering for her, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, 
I want to say, I forget the the name of that type of music. Like, there's nobody singing, mm-hmm. but it's, like, very loud. It's not metal. Mm. Um, okay. And it's not alternative. I just can't remember the name of it. But she likes a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Um, hip-hop? Okay. I'm guessing. <laughs> you don't know? <laughs> You're correct. Right. <laughs> Was I correct? Uh, no. Not all of it. <laughs> I, the, the mainstream is kind of phasing out. I think... What do y'all going... consider mainstream? Because I'm old as hell, so I, I <laughs> it really enjoy... The, I'm curious about this. <laughs> um, She's probably... Ellen, are you thinking like Cardi B and... um? Megan, Meg the no, Stallion. No, no, I don't know. It's just a lot of pop music for you. Mm-hmm. I don't listen to that anymore. I've changed. <laughs> <laughs> and I haven't listened to K-pop in a long time. <laughs> well, it sounds like y'all need to train together a little more often so you can, you know, so you can reacquaint. <laughs> All right, next question. It's your last meal on earth. Gabby, what is Ellen eating? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> like a meal or a snack? Well, like it could be like, you know, a literal meal, like from from first course to last course to dessert. Okay, well, I know what her dessert is. Okay. Those nasty petite cakes from Costco. <laughs> that Madeline's. She... <laughs> yeah, those things. That is hilarious. <laughs> Um, as far as the rest of her meal, well, I don't know. Uh, probably chow mein that mm-hmm. I've made. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's it. That's okay. all I could think of. All right. Ellen, what about Gabby? <laughs> she likes a lot of, like, dinner foods uh, for mm-hmm. some strange reason, reason. So I think that she would like rice and beans. Uh, Wait, she has a strange fast. <laughs> Why did a... you say rice and beans? <laughs> beans you know and rice, sorry. It's not even beans, it's peas. Peas, <laughs> whatever. Uh, she, she likes, she also has a strange fast, fascination with this one uh, Caribbean food called pepper pot which is oxtail um, yes sorry (laughs) and what else she doesn't like I said she doesn't like sweet stuff for some reason she also doesn't like salty things so Hmm. anything that's far away from those categories um, she'd probably enjoy as her last meal okay all right this is my favorite, favorite question. Um, what is the blackest thing you have ever done? Are we answering for each other? If you know, or you can answer for yourself if you don't. <laughs> um, Ellen? Black? Uh... <laughs> It's got to be something hair related. <laughs> right. For sure. That's usually the most popular answer. Oh, oh yeah. Okay, I remember. Um, I had an internship in Philly back in college, and I was going home, but I, w- I would walk to the gym since I didn't have a car. 
I would walk to the gym and when I was coming home, it was raining. So I ran up to this random person sitting outside of a gas station. They looked a little sketch, but they had a plastic bag. And I was like, hey, can I use that plastic bag? Because my hair was like straightened and I didn't right. want to get wet. Right. Um, and they, they looked at me like I was crazy. Uh and but they gave it to me and I tied it on my head and I like ran three or four blocks home with a plastic bag tied to my head. And what black girl has not done that? Like, <laughs> we've all been there. I wasn't prepared. <laughs> that never happens to me anymore. How about you, Gabby? Blackest um, thing you've ever done. <laughs> um all I can and that can be black about- as in, I forgot to say this to Ellen, like I know culturally there's some, you know, different black things that happen within, you know, cultures from the continent versus us, but so use whatever you want. <laughs> um, I think pretty, this is actually really recent. Mm-hmm. Um, so because of COVID, um, I decided there was like an outbreak at my office or someone had gotten COVID. So to be on the safe side, I wanted to quarantine. Mm -hmm. So I went to a hotel and I knew I had to wash my hair, but you already know the type of shampoo and conditioner they've got at the hotel. It doesn't work. Oh yes. (laughs) (laughs) It's like washing your hair with water. Right. So I went and got some shampoo and some conditioner came back and it was freezing outside it was so cold and i was like i'm not leaving the hotel again (laughs) so i like drenched my hair in like conditioner just to like as in like a a mask treatment Mm -hmm. and so i threw the plastic bag on and when i was done i was like wait a minute i don't have a comb Oh, no. So I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't just use my fingers. I mean, I could, but I was too right. lazy. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. uh, so I had this fork that I ordered cheese oh my factory gosh. out. Oh my gosh. I was not ready. I washed I washed the fork and I'm just like in my hair, just like slowly like <laughs> combing it out with the fork. And girl, I used that fork for the entire process and I use it to part my hair and it worked so I am I've also on used forks to the floor. part my hair what? <laughs> I am on the floor right now <laughs> that is brilliant and also completely outrageous but I love it that is so funny so y'all you know pro tip if you ain't got a comb grab you a fork and some conditioner and get to work so right. the plastic fork didn't break? No, well, it bended. So I had a lot of bent pieces, but it still worked. <laughs> was it plastic? Look, it was pla- It was like, you know, the flimsy plastic, not like oh the gosh. expensive plastic where it doesn't Ugh. bend. Yeah, it was real rough, but yeah. I got through it. <laughs> hey, listen, I love it. That is hilarious. Um, So before we go to our lightning round, which I'll explain in a second, um, the one last thing I want to ask you both is what would today's you, so today's Ellen and today's Gabby, tell 10-year-old you and 20-year-old you? So Ellen, you start. What would you tell 10-year-old Ellen and 20-year-old Ellen? What advice would you give them? I would tell 10-year-old Ellen that 
you are smart. Keep doing what you're doing. Uh, keep studying hard. Uh, and for 20-year-old Ellen, I would tell her um, to actually study <laughs> and <laughs> keep after it and just don't rely on like your intelligence. There needs to be some st- sort of studying happy- happening mm-hmm. uh, and keep you know, chasing your dreams because you will succeed. I love that. How about you, Gabby? What would you tell 10-year-old you and 20-year-old you? Uh, 10-year-old me, um, I would tell myself, you know, that you're beautiful. You should love yourself. Don't allow other people and what they say influence what you think about yourself. And then 20-year-old me, I got to think back and see what I was doing at 20. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I was still in college. Yes. Um, uh, Don't procrastinate. Mm -hmm. Um, In terms of like school and um, also focusing on me. Mm -hmm. um, And once again learn how to love yourself and don't allow others to influence you that is very good advice i love that all right so now we're at our lightning round and it's literally like it sounds i'm gonna say a phrase and i want you to finish it with the first word that comes to mind um so we'll go in order of we'll go in birth order so gabby you can start Strength is powerful. Oh, sorry. Yes. <laughs> I was, <laughs> I'll prompt you next time. I'm sorry to put this one right after the other. Say power. <laughs> I was also going to say powerful. Thanks, Gary. <laughs> All right. Love is mind. Oh, she's like reading my mind. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> you were going to say the same thing, Ellen? Yes. <laughs> All right. Okay. I'll let y'all slide. All right. I got one for you. Gabby is. Um. <laughs> Gabby, you got to answer oh, wait, first. Wait, you want me to go? Oh. Yes. <laughs> it's amazing. Okay. Protective. All right. Ellen is. Smart. Funny. (laughs) All right. And our final one. Black is. Beautiful. Beautiful. (laughs) Listen, y'all. All All right. (laughs) Powerful. I will also say powerful. Okay, I will, I, I will accept. I will accept. This has been so much fun, you guys. This has just been fantastic to get to know you and to, you know, feel that sisterly vibe going on. And again, it's just, it's such a treat to watch you both. Um, I think you both sort of exemplify what this sport is about and what being a Black woman in this sport is about. And I absolutely admire both of you. So um, thank you for spending time with me. I'm, I'm truly honored that you both sat down to chat with me this evening. Um, before we go, where can the peoples find you online? Where can they find you on the internet, Scabby? 
Um, if you go on Instagram, I'm there as Musical Gabby, spelled mm-hmm. G-A-B-B-I-E. Okay. Um, just add me. Cool. Ellen. You can find me also on Instagram at lady.liverpool. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much, like I said. And now that you've been here once, you're no longer a guest, you're family. So if you ever want to come back on and talk about whatever or vent or do the thing, you just reach out and say, yo, I got something to say. We got something to say. I got a vent about my sister. And you can come back on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Will do. Noted. Awesome. This has been fantastic. And thank you, listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in, for, like I said, supporting me during my massive hiatus. But I'm back. Um, And we will see you next time at the bar. Bye bye. Thanks for having us.